What's up guys? Today the Bayou Dragons are going to be at 1701 Barbecue, top 50 barbecue joint in Texas, made the Texas Monthly. We're going to go out in the back, check it out, we're going to eat some good food, talk to the owners and uh, have a good time. I suffered the day and the last 25, killing my time, killing my spine, chasing these lines. And welcome back to episode 30 of the Bayou Dragons podcast. Today, I am sitting in with two new friends, acquaintances. I've been talking to them for a while. Travis Cox and, hold on, Derek Ray. D-Ray. You got D-Ray. it. D-Ray. Or is it D-Ray? You can shorten it to Dre. I'm going to call you Dre. It's all about <laughs> Dre today. Uh, we are sitting down in the... Local hotspot barbecue joint, 1701 Barbecue in Beaumont, Texas. Welcome, by the way. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, before we even get into anything, y'all are going to see this on the camera. That is fucking beautiful in <laughs> front of us. This this spread you have here, brisket, ribs, chicken, sausage. That, I mean, every, with the sides, everything. Yeah, Did you thanks, per- dude. You personally made this for me, DeRay? Yeah. Um, ribs, turkey, brisket, all the meats you see. You you made that yes, strictly sir. for me. Thank yeah. you, thank you for that. Um, me and Travis had been in contact for a while. He uh, kind of liked what we were doing, so he was like, "Well, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast with these guys. They're not that douchey." So cool. And we have mutual friends, uh, yeah, Jay Bruce and Tyler Blunt, and that's where I met you first. Our yeah. At a previous yeah. podcast. Yeah. At the, at the brewery, I think. At the brewery. Yeah. Make sure you're talking to that thing right there. Right there. Right there. But uh, anyway, so we finally got connected. We've been trying to do this podcast for a while. And uh, y'all will be able to hear the little bit of ambient noise in the background, but that's because we're raw and uncut inside of the restaurant. You'll see it in the opening scenes. So, but anyway, let's get into it. Uh, first, Travis. Tell me about yourself, where you're from, like, you're married, you've family, you know, all yeah. that, your upbringing. Yeah. So I was uh, born and raised in Groves, graduated from Port Natchez in 02. I've been married for 15 years, and I've got two boys, Case and Mason, and they're uh, 10 and 7. We just started baseball, so here we go. You just started baseball. Yeah. You coaching them? No, no, just kind of help on the side. Season is season is back in full swing so hell yeah hell yeah and you DeRay um 37 just turned 37 on uh Valentine's Day oh nice happy 37th birthday Uh, about to have my three-year wedding anniversary and uh have a seven-year-old daughter who turns eight tomorrow tomorrow hell yeah had to look at my watch yeah Hell yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, and you're, where you you grew up around here, too? Yeah, I went to high school in Lumberton. You're, uh, you're a Raider. I, yeah, Lumberton. Yeah, 4A. Uh, live in Mid-County now. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so, what, Travis, what did you do before, you know, we started getting into this barbecue? Yeah, so, well, immediately what I did is uh, Jake, who's on the block, uh, his handle is Q Texas. 
on Instagram. That's where you can find him. Um, I am. Uh, I was working with him in construction, so we're remodeling houses and stuff like that. So it didn't. It didn't take too long of that to know that that I wanted to get into something like this. As a matter of fact, we were Jake and I. We were on our way to doing something similar, um, but this opportunity presented itself, and um, I was able to get Jake on board. So here we are today. Was it going to be crawfish? Yeah, it oh. was. It was going to be a. Uh, it was going to be a hybrid of barbecue and seafood. Jake obviously is was more on the uh, smoke side of things. I'm more acquainted with the seafood side of things. That's my background. That's my passion. And uh, but then this happened. So here we are. Yeah, and you are doing a damn good job. Duray, what'd you do before this? So right here behind us, uh, my dad owns a repossession company. Mm-hmm. Um, when people default on their car notes and loans and stuff like that. Uh, you would serve them? Uh, we would go pick their vehicles up. Were uh, you like uh, Seth Rogen on Pineapple Express? <laughs> would you dress up in different uh, costumes and go and serve people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're on their deathbed. It's like, sorry. Well, sorry about this, but uh, you've been served. No, you're not, yeah, not going to need that car anymore anyway. How would y'all meet? Like, I mean, have y'all known each other for a minute? I mean, probably three years now. Yeah. Oh, so it's a, a relatively new love. Yeah. I got introduced to Travis when uh, my wife and I were looking for, uh, what do you call it, an officiant? A minister. A minister, a minister to, uh, for our wedding. Oh, you're ordained? Mm-hmm. So, oh, nice. So Travis. Yeah, that, that's the longer yeah. backstory. We can get into that Yeah, later. we will. That is yeah. interesting. So that's how we first met over a couple of beers at Nature's Brewing Company, and we were like, hey, you're the right guy for the job. Yeah, you have a nice beard. I want you to marry me. Yeah. And marry my wife. Yeah. So, three years ago, how long has 1701 been open first off? This is year number three. So, we opened right in the middle of the pandemic, 2020. Okay. December 2020. So you got DeRay on board before it was even so no, no so it was actually the opposite. You want me to tell you the story now? I mean, we can kind of get into it, the the start of it. Or I mean, dude. Yeah, I mean, so DeRay got me into it. Um, we barely knew one another. Um, I met him and Kara. I did their wedding. Um, we wanted to hang out, but the weekend of their wedding was when Abbott shut Texas down, and that's when everything. All, all the country was shutting down for COVID. So nobody could go anywhere, really. Nowhere to go. Couldn't hang out with anybody. We didn't, we didn't know each other that well yet. Um, but anyway, I see him post something about 1701. So I hit him up. What's this about? He says, go talk to Blue. And um, kind of the rest is, rest is history. So you weren't on board. Like, you weren't a forefather of 1701. So I, mean, I guess you were, but... You weren't. They already had the name. They had the name, um, but I, I wasn't there at the inception. I guess you could say, but but we were all there prior to the doors opening. Well before the doors opened. Hell yeah, yeah. So we first got in touch. I really think Duray was the first one that messaged us about a shit. It's almost been probably a year ago. It has because it was last summer. Last summer. And how? I mean, did you just see us online, Duray? And yeah, I like y'all's. Uh, Everything y'all were posting looked really good. That's something I like to look out for online when things look professional, top-notch. 
I was like, who are these guys? Oh, wow. They're from here, and their stuff looks great. You know, it sets yourself apart from mm -hmm. the middle-of-the-road type of stuff, and uh, that attracted me to you guys. So Hell, yeah. felt but like reaching out. Yeah, the weird man Mitch have been talking about it. Like, we're trying to do more of, like, these kind of podcasts. We're sitting down with, you know, business owners and pit masters, and we've had tattoo artists. We've had brewers. We've had baseball players, you know. Trying to keep it for everybody, so sure. that's kind of what we're here today for. But uh, I, I really want to know, Duray, what like pushed you to start cooking? I mean, so you used to serve people, but did you used to barbecue your ass off during that time? So or? I think becoming a dad, becoming a husband, I just kind of fell into that. Uh, I don't know what he called like domestic lifestyle. You know, you're you're on the back porch cooking. And New balances and jorts. Oh, that's and it. Yeah, khaki shorts. Yeah, know. I bet you have so beer many belly, pairs. Beer belly, well, stuff like that. You've kind of lost your beer belly from what I've heard. I, yeah. did, I don't know. You. This is the first time I've ever laid eyes on you. And what, you're, what you're you, a specimen. You you're a specimen. You like it? Between y'all two and the beards, I am extremely jealous, and I really look like a bitch <laughs> sitting right over here. <laughs> I'm wearing my glasses because I can't stop staring at how exquisite they are. Nice. No, no homo. But um, anyway, keep going. You're, so you're a dad, and you learned how to cook. Yeah, and it was just something I enjoyed doing out in the backyard. You know, a few hours before the sun would go down or into the night. It just felt nice, felt right. And uh, I developed a passion for it where I found myself in, in my off time YouTubing, watching other guys barbecue in their own backyards, something that I was doing. And it just resonated with me, you know. When you when you find yourself doing something in your off time, like on your own free will, I was like, how could I make that into something that I, I want to do? Yeah, for a career. And and then I caught wind of a uh, Blue Broussard, the owner, wanting to open up this uh, barbecue restaurant. And I went to I graduated high school with his wife Rachel, and I, me I immediately messaged her. You know, as soon as I caught wind, I said, uh, Hey you guys looking for any help and she just immediately responded back hell yeah and so from that day i just kind of took it a little bit more serious each day that i did it and, uh i don't know i feel like i i enjoyed it but i also became good at it yeah well i'm sitting here snacking while you're talking and this shit is fucking good i've had it before too which i've never like i told travis i've never had it fresh like this i've always had it like yeah like y'all y'all brought a bunch of stuff when we did the podcast with tyler and then I had it somewhere else, and it was fantastic. Nice. It's always fantastic, but and this you, is... You were asking what I was doing earlier. You know, it's, it's, I switched from my, uh, my dad's company to work here because uh, I had just got married, just found barbecue, got passionate about barbecue and enjoyed it. Uh, and, and what I was doing prior... I was good at that as well. Uh, I just didn't quite enjoy it as much. You know? Yeah. That's not something I'm going to do in my free time at home. I'm not going to go repo cars and trucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can cook. And it's not also something I would post on Instagram. Hey, I just took this lady's car. Yeah. Just, you know? I just stole this bitch's car. Yeah, Man, who wants it, you know? Now I can cook barbecue and feel good about sharing it with, with you, the world, whoever. Yeah, dude. And that how, so you're technically a pit master. Yes, sir. Okay, so I have no clue. I'm, I'm I'm dumb to all this stuff. So pitmaster, how do you get that title? I think it's when you can learn to control live fire and produce quality meats. 
Do you have a certificate? You're, you're not at the mercy of the pits and the wood and the fire. The, the flames are at the mercy of you. I think you can, you know. So you're a firebender. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Avatar. Um, you're at the mercy of the elements, you know, the, the density, the, the moisture in the wood, the weather, the way the wind's blowing. The, yeah. The pits. The and down here it's very hard because it's always humid. Like today, it's just a humid son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. And you're out there just slanging it. And sweating. Yeah, well, you are sweating. Sweating. Profusely. I'm better now. I'm yeah. good. You look good. I'm more relaxed. Was there like a certificate that you got for being a pit master, or is it just... Yeah, I think it was all the banners hanging up. I think that was my certificate. Oh, good. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I didn't know if there was like a... You had to take a class. You know no. what I mean? Like It's like, I can keep this at 400 degrees for eight hours without... I wavering from five to like you know just being able to hold the job i think is the certificate yes yeah, yeah. self-evident right yeah hell yeah so are you uh travis are you a pit master or are you just a a pretty face that's not that's not my title really anymore um i do i mean i will stay with the pits here and there uh, but i'm i've kind of moved into the gm position um, that kind of fits my strength a bit more um I mean, cooking is always a passion. That's, I mean, that's how this started. Yeah. Uh, but that's not my title anymore. I would I would defer and say, you know, Jake and Derek, they're our pit masters. Hell yeah. So And Betcher in the back. And, and we've got a couple of apprentices that are working uh, as well. So Yeah, shout out to uh, Betcher and Smitty and Colton. I mean, they've made life a lot easier lately. Right. Uh, Especially Betcher. Um Referring to to the time that he came in to, to come be the closer, uh, just really lifted a lot of stress off of us. Um, he actually likes that time period, the the closing ship, and that makes it easy for us, um, you know, to be able to get in, do what we have to do early in the day, and then allow him to come in and close, and we can go home and get ready to start it all over again the next day. Uh, he really came in at the right time, and Smitty and Colton came in, um, just doing a great job as well. How'd you find them? Like, I mean, did they just show up, or were they from like the beginning, or is it like a, a newfound? Like uh, Colton just hit us up because we said that we were hiring, and then how did we find Smitty? Smitty did the same thing. Did he do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he did the same thing. Yeah, Betcher, he was more into barbecue before he started working right. here. And so he was always kind of looking for an in. And once once he saw that we were hiring, he you know he was knocking hard on that door. And we're grateful for that because there's not like a line of people wrapped around the building to sweat it out all day. Yeah, yeah, no, y'all y'all have a badass little setup in the back. Yeah, for sure. With and if it pits. wasn't for them, we'd be doing the podcast back there because I'd still be having to yeah no throw doubt. wood in and rotate and keep an eye on things. So how many pitmasters are there for? Bob? Yeah, uh, let's see. Two, three, four, five. Yeah, we're all, we're all in a way. I mean, whoever, like right now, I'm not back there. So whoever is back there running things, they're the pit master. Oh, okay. You know. Just the, that dude. I mean, there's a title, you know, pit master, lead pit master, and stuff like that. But as far as I'm concerned, as, as long as you're doing what you need to be doing back there and we're all happy with it and the customers are enjoying it, then you're, you're a pit master. Hell yeah! So, is my, is, so where we're at now, off of Calder Avenue in Beaumont, Texas, 
Is there any kind of landmark just so I can? MLK. MLK yeah. and, and, the, and the railroad track. MLK, railroad track. If any of our Southeast Texas listeners, if you've not been to 1701 Barbecue, had it or even heard of it, for sure got to come here. Has this been like the original location since day one? Yeah, this is it. Nice. I had no clue. I was like, I, I don't know. But so be, before the barbecue, you said you were trying, like, were you like persistently pursuing a seafood? Like you were cooking, making etouffee or whatever the hell you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, that that just comes, that's my background. That's my family. I have two aunts um, that really inspired me even from a young age. Um, we would go over and eat and just, you know, gumbo, seafood gumbo. Um, that's really what, you know, started my passion. Um, and then it, then when I got to college, um, I was one of the only guys that would cook and everybody would be blown away. They're like, man, this is awesome. But I'm like, well, yeah, because it's not Taco Bell. I mean, it's, it's food, you know. Um, I do and, like Taco yeah, Bell, though. Like, yeah. I'm pissed they took it away from Winnie. That's where I lived like three minutes from Taco Bell. There's a, there's a time and a place, right? Yeah, yeah. usually three in the morning whenever I'm drunker than a skunk. But, yeah, I just started cooking food and just actively noticing that people enjoyed it. Um, and so that that connected with me pretty deep, and I uh, just just wanted to continue to do that. So, yeah, you can definitely tell. You, I'm sitting here looking out, and you have this isn't a huge place, and you have every single table is basically taken up. Like there's 30 people in here right now just grubbing down on barbecue. Yeah, we're super appreciative. That's and y'all sell out almost every single day, if not every day. Yeah, almost every single day. We're not going to sit here and say that, you know, without a doubt, there's never a day that we we don't have food at the end of the day. But fortunately for us, um, we do sell out most days. Because I see y'all, I'll see your posts. Like, because y'all are open what, eleven to eleven to two, Tuesday through Saturday. Eleven to two, Tuesday through Saturday, and it's like I've seen multiple times. It's like twelve thirty, and you're like, "Sorry for the inconvenience, but we have no more meat." Right. And it's like, holy shit, they are fucking slinging it. Yeah, yeah, those days happen. And a lot of times um, it can be related to special events or, um, you know, we're, we're right here around, you know, Southeast Texas refineries and plants. And sometimes those guys will come in and get larger orders. And um, you know what that's like. Oh, yeah. So that's what, that's what I do for a living. That's uh, all the guys I was telling uh, before I got off on my seven days off, I was like, I'm planning on doing a – uh, podcast with y'all and they're like dude 1701 that shit's so fucking good you know I'm like yes it is it's very good we appreciate the feedback oh yeah we're gonna definitely be blasting this all over the social media Derek so what was your first meet that you fell in love with and don't take that in a uh, you know <laughs> what did you learn like what was your like what got you into like liking it cause it was it's gotta be brisket brisket yeah, just taking road trips to Austin and hearing all the stories of my friends, you know, out, out of high school who have all moved up there. A lot of them moved up there talking about how good the barbecue is. And, uh, when you get that first bite of, like, you know, perfectly rendered fat with some salt in there, just pepper-crusted bark, smoke, you know, it just, if you've never had it before, and you travel up to the hill country and you have it, it's 
kind of life changing, or it was for me. Yeah, and I wanted to know like it's not something you just throw on hot and fast, you know. So for the time and effort and all the elements involved to be able to perfect something like that was just like, you know, I'm looking past that bite. I'm looking at what went into it. And yeah, it, well, there's a lot because I, I would l- l- be lying if I said I could cook a brisket. Could not, and that's fantastic. I can definitely judge one because I'm not a huge. Most brisket I usually have is, like, drier than freaking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's nice, moist, has good flexibility. Yeah. I think that's one of y'all's tests, maybe. Yeah. You know, like the... The old bend test. The yeah. bend test. Like, that shit's freaking... Pull that apart. That tender, yes. I, but I am a... Uh, like, I am not even... I wouldn't even call myself a barbecuer. I'm like a... I throw ribs on. Yeah. Boudin links, yeah. you know? like. But I like doing the ribs. My wife likes ribs, yeah. so... I cook the shit off ribs, but I can even cook chicken like that. You know what I mean? Like, that shit's beautiful. Yeah, I still enjoy cooking when I leave work, you know, because I'm not under the stressors and pressures that I am here. You know, service time, got to be this, got to cook this many of this and that. And at home, you know, it's like, let me try something new. Does your wife ever demand something? Like She loves the turkey. So she... Just because your wife said that, let me go ahead and yeah, do it. Grab a piece of that while we're talking. So this is what she tells you to make. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty hey, good. Hey, Duray. How many of you come over and make some turkey for me, and my wife? Okay. That shit's. Uh, you know what? Thanks. Do y'all do? Uh, do y'all do like think like Thanksgiving and shit like that? Like cater? Yeah. yeah we every year we do. Uh, Turkey and brisket and ribs for Thanksgiving and for tur- and for uh, Christmas. I'm gonna try to get a. If I'm working Thanksgiving this year for work, I'm gonna try to get us catered 1701 for yeah. work. Yeah, do it. That shit is fucking good, like for real. Yeah, sorry we didn't get you. A, I guess we could have got you a fork and all that kind of stuff. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm nasty. It don't <laughs> matter. It do not matter. But um. So, like, I literally, th- today is the first day I've met these guys. So, I have no clue about y'all's background. Like, what are hobbies? Do you hunt? Do you fish? Do you, I'm, I'm sure y'all grew up around it, you know, Southeast Texas. I didn't know if, you know, what do y'all like to do? I mean, I know y'all like to cook, but. Yeah. Um, so, I grew up hunting and fishing. Um, I would say that in past years, recent years, rather, um, my focus, my passion has kind of shifted primarily to bass fishing. Um, I'm out as much as humanly possible bass fishing. Uh, but I, I got two boys, and so um, my oldest, he's he, he killed uh, his first deer a couple years ago. He shot another deer this past year, so he um, he's grown up around it too. But, yeah, anything outdoors, man, that's that's what we do. Even if it's just putting the boat in the bow and, and just going up to Pine Tree for lunch and then coming right back and going home. Do you ever do sandbar Sundays? No, man, I'm not getting in there. I don't get the appeal. Honest, I mean, I'll go to the river, yeah, and do it all day. But I mean, I I just don't see the appeal. You don't do the Taylors by you. No, that's fair. That's fair. No shame on anyone else who does. No, no, no shame. I I do it occasionally. I like, but for me, I like going on Saturdays. Yeah, no one's there on Saturdays. Right. So like me and Mitch and Tanner and everybody will go there and start our own thing because on Sundays there's seventy people. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Way too many people. Yeah. But um, so what lake do you fish? Rayburn, Toledo? So 
if I get a tr- if I get a chance to go out of town, I'm I'm Rayburn 100. Um, percent But I don't get that option. But we have all this. We have the Sabine. We have the Natchez. We have Taylor's Bio. We have Hillebrand. So that's where I'm at most of the time is in Taylor's and Hillebrand because I can be there on the water within 10 minutes of leaving my house. Oh yeah. There's just no reason for me to go anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I can catch redfish, crabs, crappie, bass, catfish. I mean, it, it's literally all there, right there in the bio. Yeah. No. Definitely. That's done it all. We. Uh, I usually don't bass fish on the. I do a lot of bass fishing. I usually don't do it on the bayou. I usually set jug lines, but I never know what the fuck I'm going to get. Yeah. I'm going to have a grinnel. I'm going to have a redfish. I might have a bass. You know. Whatever it is. Yeah. We we've seen it all, man. Brown eye. <laughs> Brown eye. What uh, what do you do, Duray? As a you know, as far as do you have hobbies, hunting and fishing, or I mean, not even hunting and fishing. Like, what do you like to do? You look like you can play guitar. What do I like to do? Yeah, I did grow up playing guitar, uh, yep. bass guitar specifically. Uh, but yeah, I traveled in bands growing up. Uh, most of my summers and school years were playing baseball year round. Um, I did go on a few like hog hunting trips. Never really appealed to me. I do like fishing. Uh, my parents have a camp at Rayburn. Uh, grew up having fish fries at Rayburn, things like that. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy being out on the boat. Travis will take me out on his boat uh, hunting. I never grew up with that. My dad's not a hunter. He was yeah. at, at my dad, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to oversell him, but. Whatever circuit was around, whenever I was born, he was doing it. He was traveling around with a boat. I think he was an early Federation guy. With Could bass. be. I've got an old red polo shirt yeah. with like patches. Oh, remember, that's dope. remember when they had like the Federation yes. arm of bass? Yes. But he that's he kind of gave all that up whenever I was born. He he got more involved in the repossession business. Uh, but yeah, I've I've always uh, liked fishing. Hell yeah. Well, that's dope as hell. Might have your dad on the podcast. Yeah. Just be like, yeah. you know, be like, so how was it back in the day before, you know, all this new shit? Yeah. How special right. was I for you to give up fishing? <laughs> so, DeRay ruined your life. No, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's what's in the back of all of our minds. <laughs> it's a trade-off. Well, I cherish DeRay, especially because of this meat. Your meat's very <laughs> tender and good, DeRay. Appreciate it. This is going to be the most, like, sus podcast so far. And this is actually probably the seventh podcast I've eaten sausage on camera. Like, the first time started off with Cole Johnson. Do you know Cole? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Cole just jammed a sausage on my <laughs> gullet. Was that at Natchez? At Natchez, okay. yes. Yeah, I, gotcha. I, I was like, I, I want to bring you some sausage. Like, okay. So, I just, like, you know, he was like, I'm going to feed it to you. And instead of just, like, feeding me a bite, he shoved the like I'm talking, I felt it down here. I was like, "Oh damn! Wow, that's that should be illegal." So that sausage is made from our brisket scrap. Um, we'll trim our briskets every day to prep them to go on the pit the following day, and we'll keep that scrap. And instead of throwing that extra product away or that, we'll use it, uh, grind it up, season it, case it up, you know, smoke All it. All in a day. So that is no. It, oh, it's, 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 it's over generally time. a. Yeah, it's generally like a three-day process. So we'll trim, cure, season, and stuff uh, over a three three-day process. Um, but that the, the the sausage that you eat here, whether it's the traditional house or the jalapeno cheese, that's a prime grade brisket sausage. So yeah, um, 
Now, it, the pork element is uh, the casing. We use all natural casings, but 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 the brisket. I mean, the sausage that you get here is a beef-based sausage. I, I could tell it was something different. Very good, mm-hmm. but something different. I was like. That ain't no Zumos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all grew up on Zumos, and we love it, right? We're still we're still going to throw it on um, every chance we get, birthday parties and stuff like that, especially when we're doing mass things at home. Um, but the difference in this sausage is that the flavor profile is beef instead of pork. So you see a lot more pork sausages at other places, and we might get into that at some point. But yeah, no, we're no. really, really liking the beef. Yeah, no, I want to get into all the meat. I just kind of wanted to hit your background up. And I know I'm going to rotate with Mitch in and out on this thing. And he has some uh, very exquisite uh, questions he's wanted to ask you. I know he's been dying to ask. But, and I, I, I want you all to talk about, you know, I don't want you to tell your secrets, you know, your secret recipes or your, you know, whatever you want. I do see, do y'all make this? So that is our recipe, but. For purposes of retail, it has to be made in a, at a bottling company. So it's uh, it's it's what you have in the store and what you buy in the bottle is uh, the same. That is, we're really proud of that. Actually, it, uh, Blue worked on that pretty diligently for about a year. For anybody trying to bottle something, um, it's probably going to take that long because you're at the mercy of uh, those companies who do that. Corporation, right? Um, and finally, finally got it in. All the artwork was done in-house um, by our team over at, uh, over at Broussard's in the print shop. And uh, it, it just came together well. Lauren spearheaded, uh, Lauren Brady, uh, she, she spearheaded all the artwork to make sure that it was, it was going well. So yeah. super proud of that, man. Yeah, I didn't even know that she was uh, working for y'all. Honestly, when she walked in, I was like, I was like, hello. Like, I see her all the time. Right. Like, okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yeah. All right, we're back at it, boys. So um, I'm hopping in this second section of this podcast, and I just want to start by saying I frequent this place as much as I can, and uh, phenomenal food, phenomenal barbecue. My wife, this is probably her favorite place to eat. She always talks about y'all's brisket. She loves it. Um, one thing I want to bring up, so y'all were, and I don't know if y'all talked about this earlier, but Y'all were in the top 50 Texas monthly barbecue joints in Texas, which is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's as far as Texas barbecue, that's kind of the list that you would like to be uh, a part of. So what, how often do they come out with this list? Every four years. Every four years. So basically, y'all know what the hell y'all are doing over here. And I kind of want to get into, you know, really what goes into making that top 50 Texas barbecue joint brisket, man. What do y'all, the sacrifice y'all have to make getting here early? I mean, when do y'all start cooking? How do y'all select y'all's meat? How do y'all season y'all's meat? How long do y'all cook y'all's meat? Let's talk about the cook of the brisket. So, as far as being able to make the list and you say that we know what we were doing, I don't know if we knew that we might have known what we were doing at the time that we made the list. We were we were just as surprised as, as anybody. Um, just because we were so new, you know, it's not it's not often you see a restaurant that's been open maybe less than a year or two a year to make that list. That's pretty rare. Right. Uh, so I don't think we knew that we knew what we were doing. They told us, "Hey, you guys know what you're doing." Well, I know when y'all opened up, y'all were 
I mean, the talk around town for sure, everyone was talking about 1701 barbecue, how good y'all's meat was, and I had to come give it a try. And it was yeah. it was everything that was talked up. Yeah, as far as brisket, um, uh, a mindset that I like to, and, and you guys I feel like share a similar mindset, is no shortcuts. You know, you're here with these great microphones and the cables and everything like that, that that's what drew me to you guys initially is you guys weren't taking shortcuts yeah but your quality was off yeah. the charts got, got to set yourself apart from the competition you yeah. know if you want to be successful in my opinion and it's easy to when you have a brisket on for 12 14 16 hours to try to find a shortcut you know but as many times as i've done it uh, I've found that really in good traditional Central Texas style barbecue that there are no real shortcuts, in my opinion. But now, there's a bunch of people that do it and they can tell you differently, but that's just what I feel like, you know, is, is one of the keys. You know? And every time I pull up to this place, there's a line going around the side of the building. I mean, people love y'all's food. So if you're preparing for a normal day to serve the lunch crowd, what time do you get here and what time do you throw that meat on the grill? We like for the pits to start getting fired up about four in the morning. Um, I've got a schedule in my head right now of when things need to be on. I just have like an internal barbecue clock because most of it falls on me. Uh, but as long as we're here by 4.30 and we got the pits starting to warm up and get where they need to be, and uh, that's kind of where I like to be, 4.30. And y'all are using pellet smokers back there, huh, uh, pit bosses? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just That's the only way. Compressed sawdust, <laughs> just the purest of flavors. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of argument, uh, and that was a joke, by the way. They, use some, they got some nice smokers in the back. Uh, but there's a lot of people that, you know, what kind of wood do I smoke with for the best-tasting barbecue? I've always been told pecan wood, and that's what I've always cooked with. What's your opinion on that? Well, you were told Conwood because that's what's close and abundant to us. And there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with pecan um, for most applications. Um, but I think, Derek, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the main reasons, I mean, that we all agree that we're using as much sourced post oak as we can is because this restaurant is built around Central Texas-style flavor. So that's, that's what we all enjoyed uh, when we went on vacation to the hill country and got that hill country style barbecue so if we're going if we enjoy that and if we want to cook that then we're going to use that type of that type of hardwood so that's, See, that's always, why we're using it so my dad had a pecan orchard he had like 200 trees before the hurricane so we always had pecan wood at the well, house that's, that's just always what we've cooked with yeah yeah you know that and hickory is fairly popular around here Mesquite in as well east huh? texas so yeah but y'all have as far as as far as the oak, um, kind of gives you it's it's not like super harsh, you know it's not gonna completely overtake the flavors of the meat. It's gonna let the meat shine a little bit, uh, but it get, it does give you a little margin for error if things don't quite go right that day. It's not just gonna kill your taste buds, or if things are perfect, you're still gonna get some smoke. You know, if you were to use a heavier mesquite like they use in South Texas. Right out the gate, that thing, that, that mesquite wood is strong, you know. And it, it, it's going to be very pronounced and prominent, and it might overtake the taste of the beef or the pork or the chicken, where it just leave, it leaves with you when you leave here, you know, if we were to only use that. But 
with oak, you got that middle ground, you know, and it it's a, a reference to where we get our influence from, Central Texas. You know, that's, right. what, that's the type of wood that they use. That's the style of barbecue that we're trying to recreate. I will say a, a great respect for you guys. Uh, the main reason is because I've I've cooked brisket. I've cooked many briskets, and man, I just I can't get it right. Um, I guess it just takes time. Uh, You've probably done one that you're proud of, though. I have done one that was it was not bad, yeah. but I wouldn't say like, damn, you yeah. know, that was the best brisket I've ever had. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. We're not working magic. I mean, we we've just got our processes dialed in. That's all. That's it's repetition. It's all I, I tell people all the time that are uh, a little bit scared or intimidated or. Uh, trepidatious on doing briskets I'm like man I'm sure you've done one that you're proud of and I'm sure that you're going to do one that's going to impress all your neighbors again the only difference between us and, and, and that mindset is we're, do, we're trying to do that every day with every piece of meat that we put on the pit that's all and, I think and that just comes with the no shortcut attitude right. and the repetition that's all and I, I would think a lot of it comes with the piece of meat that you start with how big a deal is it to get a quality cut of meat yeah. Well, I mean, we fortunately because of the volume that we're that we do purchase, uh, we're afforded the opportunity to get the best quality of meats, and we realize that you know that may not be always the case for the general public because they're not buying it. But you can you can um, as an individual go to HEB or somewhere like that, and you can buy a quality piece of brisket. I mean, a, a quality. Uh, prime brisket to start with and right. if, if you if you're gonna cook something for 12 to 14 hours why not just buy the best that you can to start with so that at the end of the process you know you have the best chance of having the best brisket that you can possibly cook yeah i mean it's a lot of time you put into cooking that one piece of meat you want it to be good right right that goes back to the uh, margin of error thing you know if you were to buy the cheapest just leanest, no intramuscular fat piece of meat or brisket that you found, not really knowing what you're doing, not knowing how to control a fire, or maybe even not even caring that much. You're, you know, the odds or chances of you coming out with one of your best briskets that you've done are pretty low. Right. But if you start with, you know, a prime grade and then do a little research and take a little time and tenderness into it, you might come out with something that you're happier with. So both of you work, um, both of you are in charge of, I don't know, in charge of the pits back there on a normal basis, an everyday basis. Y'all are doing the cooking? So I am not. Uh, Derek is, and Jake, who we'll probably get a chance to talk to, uh, they are in charge of that. Okay, so I guess, I'll, Derek, how did you like develop the passion for, you know, because it's a passion doing all this. How did, how, what got you started smoking meats and, you know, getting into that world? It was, uh, I spoke a little bit about it earlier, uh, just living that kind of domesticated, domesticated life and then jumping out on the back porch and trying that myself. All, the, all my trips to Austin and Central Texas to where I was impressed and changed by uh, just insanely good barbecue I wanted to figure out a way where I could recreate that at home let alone in a restaurant but uh, at home in general so just the time the research the knowledge and then just trial and error screwing up 50 times right. you know? like just like you're talking about how you say you, you 
you know, you're, you can't do a good brisket. You got one that you're kind of proud of. It's taking that one that you're kind of proud of and trying to figure out how to get it even better. But uh, the thing is, it's, man, it's a, I mean, the brisket here, phenomenal, but everything y'all serve here is just top tier, man. I mean, I tried, and I don't know if y'all offer it daily, the boudin. Who came up with that recipe? Because that is fire, man. Yeah, we'll get Jake on the mic for that one. I uh, mean, Jesus can, Christ, that is top-notch boudin. And down here in southeast Texas, we eat a lot of boudin. I think DJ's is the probably the biggest boudin name around here. But uh, this boudin is – It was – who else was it? DJ's and – Zumo. Zumo, but I thought there was a Mid-County or Port Arthur. I thought there was another boudin. But I don't know. Yeah. There was a – there was a market. I think, I think DJs and Zuma are probably the top two yeah, in the area. Most accessible, for sure. And a lot of people uh, comment on our stuff and say that we're trying to cook like Louisiana. We share a lot of common cooking yeah, styles with Louisiana. And Boudin's really big in Louisiana. But this Southeast Texas Boudin y'all, y'all uh, came up with is uh, definitely in competition with Louisiana's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I can speak for Jake. A little bit saying that it didn't come easy. No, there was a lot of test batches involved yeah. there. A lot of waste. Yeah, a lot. it cost a lot of money for us to figure out those recipes. But once we once we got our base recipe, I felt like um, things really began to take off. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you can't change two or three things on the next next test cook because you're not going to know what worked on the prior cook. Hey, yeah. you were talking about Nick's. That's Nick's. what you were trying to Nick's think about. Nick's food, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, old school. Port author, go into the grocery store, go back to the back. It's all in rings. How many pounds do you want? They just take out that ring and yeah. wrap it up in paper and send you out. That was awesome. So when y'all come up with the when y'all came up with the barbecue sauce, is that something y'all had come up with before y'all opened up, or is that something y'all continue to tweak or whatever? Because y'all's barbecue sauce is also top tier. Uh, Blue had that nailed before we opened, actually, I believe. And and uh, and then it was it's been in the restaurant since day one. Um, it's not been tweaked since then. Yeah, no need to tweak it. I no, mean, it's, it's everything I like in a Texas style barbecue sauce. Yeah. I mean, I would like to. I'm probably going to get me a, a jar before <laughs> I leave. Hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. like it because it doesn't take any focus away from right. the meats. You know, and that's what you want. Yeah, all the specific type of wood, learning the craft of live fire and controlling it, and then. Sticking to your processes, you don't want to just throw all that to the wayside and throw a thick, very flavor-heavy sauce on it just to cover up all the work that you just did. Yeah. You want something to complement it, and I feel like what we have does that. That makes sense, and that's what a lot of people say when they eat steak. You know, oh, right. I, I don't need uh, a one or whatever steak sauce. It, it takes away from the flavor of the sure. steak. You know, you don't want to overpower the taste of that meat with the sauce, and y'all got it nailed for sure. Yeah. But anyway, getting into a couple different things, and I don't know what uh, if y'all hit on this on the first uh, section of the podcast, but before 1701, before y'all opened the joint, what did y'all do career-wise? We did. Yeah, we. Uh, my dad's shop's right here behind us over, over my shoulder. Uh, I was in the repossession, the car and truck, boat repossession business. Nice, nice. Yeah. And I, I remodeled with Jake, the other guy. That uh, that works here on the on the block and in the pit. Um, we we remodeled houses together. Yeah, going from that to cooking barbecue, man. And I talked to a lot of people uh, about 
careers and everything and doing something you truly love doing for a living is, is a blessing. You know, I'm sure y'all love cooking barbecue. I'm sure it gets, you know, tiresome at times, but y'all have a passion for it. And, and that's a blessing. You get to do that for a living, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely not lost on us. I mean, it does, it gets hard, especially during the summertime. Um, it gets extremely hot out in the back. And I walked in that pit room earlier, man, and it's, it's a little warm this morning, but it, it's, it's pretty toasty in there. Yeah, uh, Jake and I and uh, Derek, we've, we've kind of had this, you know, dialogue going the last few weeks. I know, I know a couple of our new guys, Smitty and Colton, they're, they're doing amazing work. Uh, we've had some, I guess, some high temperature days lately, and they've, you know, talked about how hot it is, and we just kind of look at each other and say, well, guys, you know, 107 in the pit room is coming, so just oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the heat of summer, it's going to yeah. get up in the 90s, and I'm sure it's going to be like a sauna in there. Yeah, it's, it's usually 15 to 20 degrees hotter back there. Ambient, you know, temp. Not standing next to the pit. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hot. We had a infrared thermometer back there the other day, and it was 480 coming right off the door, which is where we just stand, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's usually 15 to 20 degrees hotter back there than it is outside. So when it gets 90, you know, we're looking at 115. And that's that's tough. It's brutal. I mean, it can be brutal. Tough. It's brutal for 8 to 12-hour days, you know. Yeah. And that's what y'all are putting in up here. So for an operation like this, y'all, I mean, line coming out the door pretty much every day y'all are open. How many people do y'all have back there? Man in the grills. I mean, it, it's a big operation. I see multiple people up here serving. Woman working the the cash drawer. I mean, how many people work here really? So we've got um, eleven employees, and um, we've got what six guys working the pits right now, um, and that's in basic, basically two shifts. Um, we've got your morning shift, which carries over till about twelve thirty, and then the relief comes in at ten a.m. And they'll stay till about six or seven. Just that's determined by the brisket cook and what that muscle itself wants to do as far as getting done at the temps that we run it. I see, I see. And so, how many briskets are you? Do y'all buy every week? Do y'all buy every couple days? Or I mean, how many briskets are y'all running through here a week? So we we order uh, probably fifteen to sixteen cases a week. Um, it kind of depends on. You know, if we have extra orders going out, like to the plants, to the hospital, just any office. Oh, so y'all do the catering thing, we do. too? Yeah, we do. You can go online, 1701barbecue.com. There's I didn't a, know y'all, y'all catered. Yeah, we do. There's a catering option there, so feel free to hit us up for that. But, yeah, we 15 cases. Usually the cases come with about four or five briskets. So, I mean, we are, we're, we're pushing through. Um, a ton of meat that's a lot of meat Um, you know one thing that people always say because they do sometimes we do run out you know they'll suggest well you guys should cook more and the reality is is for the most part we are cooking at capacity each day it's it's not a game to try to trick people into this false sense of excitement well you know i gotta get you know they're gonna they're not cooking as much as they can because they're trying to work you know their angles uh you know, any anytime anyone wants to come to our pit room and take a tour, you know, open the doors, you know, between that 4 a.m. to 10, 10.30 a.m. time, you'll see that we are at maximum capacity um, from day to day on pit space. Listen, guys, I don't know about y'all, but at the end of the day, 
I like to crack open an ice-cold Lone Star Light. We would like to thank our sponsors, Lone Star Light Twisted Tea, for sponsoring the podcast. Listen, we like to have a good time. If you know us, if you're a follower of the show, we love to have a good time. We like to have that camaraderie on the back porch, whether we're grilling, whether we're chilling out, ice-cold beer in hand. Lone Star Light is the go-to. Texas-based, Texas-proud. If you guys are drinking a beer, it better be a Lone Star. And if you're not drinking a Lone Star, you better not let us hear it on the Bayou Dragons. And how did y'all go about designing y'all's pits, and who built y'all's pits? Because they're they're pretty nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. If Blue was here, he'd be able to answer that specifically. Um, I only know the origin of one pit that we have, and it's our I guess you call it our show pit, right, D-Ray? Flagship. Yeah, it's it's the one on it's the one on a on a well built trailer. Um, and we can move that from event to event. We've, we've pulled it all the way to Dallas before. Um, but all of our other pits um, are just inherited gifts um, that were given to Blue or that he, you know, was able to, uh, to purchase. I'm not exactly sure of the story. But the funny thing about our setup is that we're not, in comparison to maybe some of the other top 50, we don't have a lot of name brand you know, exclusive design style pits. I mean, we're just we're just running things that are similar to what any guy here in Southeast Texas could probably pick up from from someone else's backyard, right. just laying around in a pasture somewhere. And that's awesome, man. You know, there's a lot of I would say not competition, but there's a lot of barbecue joints in the state of Texas, and I, I think it's cool that everyone has kind of their own methods of doing things, and that's what makes them unique, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, with y'all, the flavor, the flavor's there, the seasoning's on point. So one thing I want to talk about, when I'm cooking a brisket, that bark, man, mm-hmm. the bark, a lot of people talk about the bark. What is your opinion on, you know, what should the bark look like? How thick should it be? How do you get that good bark on a brisket? Because I struggled getting that good bark on a brisket. It's the the bark that's created is a chemical reaction between the salts and the fats of the meat and uh, the amount of pepper and stuff that we use. Uh, there's a lot of uh, differing opinions out there about when to wrap and when to not wrap or not wrap at all. Or, when you uh, say wrap, you're wrapping it in a butcher paper style, or we do. do. We we use a butcher paper, uh, but you can use foil, you know. Um, but the the style that I like and what drew me to barbecue is that heavy, dark, meteorite black looking bark. You know, you, the contrast between that heavy black bark and then you cut it into meat. And you got that tender, lighter colored meat. Just that contrast looks visually appealing. You know. Um, but yeah, a lot of people think it's burnt and stuff like that. You know, just it looks like it might be, but it's not. You put it in your mouth and you'll quickly understand that that's that's a work of art. Right, yeah. definitely a work of art. Yeah, it's a skill. And a lot of that is uh, tied to the style of cooking that we're doing on traditional offset pits. Uh, you you can do it on pellet smokers and stuff like that. I, it's I have been unsuccessful on that. So what I struggled with was when when are you supposed to wrap the meat? In your opinion, I mean, like you, you don't said, have to wrap it all, uh, right? You know, just whatever style and 
flavor you're looking for. You don't have to wrap it all. Uh, we like to wait until uh, uh, the seasoning's not like flaking off. You know, things are kind of set in stone. That way, when you go to handle a brisket, you're not going to leave any marks or scarring or anything like that. Because um, your butcher paper is going to hold a lot of moisture there. Uh, so I like to push it a little bit further than somebody might. That that way, whenever we do wrap in the moisture, the paper traps all that moisture. It's not going to wash your bark out. It's set, you know, which it could mean eight hours into the cook. It could mean 10, 11 hours into the cook. I guess it just depends it on It depends the on the size of the brisket mm-hmm. and the layers of seasoning and stuff like that, which, you know. We've got barbecue classes coming up, so if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that, we oh, can, y'all are going to do some classes on on smoking some meat. Yeah, we can we can talk one on one, you know, about all. Of I that. might have to sign up for that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, throw a twenty in my pocket. I'll I'll show up on your back I'll, porch. I'll trade you a duck hunt. <laughs> you bring me along, I'll bring you along. I can't promise limits. That's for sure. We hunt. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we got a you know business going, and we do a lot of advertising in the outdoors. But a lot of people are under the impression that we have all this private land to hunt, but that's not the case, man. We hunt public land down here, and, um, you know, a lot of people just think we hunt strictly rice fields or private land down here, but we're out there grinding, man, leaving the house at midnight, getting out in the marsh and, and fighting the public and having fun with it. Yeah, It's all about the experience when it comes to the outdoors, and yeah. in my opinion, and I love every bit of it. Yeah, Getting yeah. out there early. You know, setting out the decoys, having fun with your friends, couple buddies out there, and even if you don't, you know, shoot a pile of birds. It's fun, man. Absolutely. Just just getting away and, and getting able to hunt. You know, we're blessed. We're all blessed to have the opportunity to have all this all this land we can hunt on the coast. I mean, so much land, refuges all over the coast. We can just go hunt, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I appreciate all of that. And there's there's moments of the day or your routines in the morning where you're getting going, probably where you're like, man, oh, that's a lot of work. What am right. I doing? But there's there's payoff moments. Oh, 100%. I mean, like I said, you have those hunts where you may not shoot full limits, but then you have those hunts that you remember for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah. I have hunts that I look back on from six, seven years ago, and I'm like, man, that was such an awesome hunt, yeah. and I'll never forget it. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, luckily now I've got the camera. I can document sure. some of our hunts and – it's fun to be able to do that and then go back and look back on it and right it's definitely awesome yeah yeah i was i was telling porter i've got two boys and uh try to take them out into the bio as much as possible because it's so close and uh something that i'll say to them a lot is uh is you know there's like seven billion people on the planet or something like that and there's nobody around like there's nobody out here yeah you know just to try to give them a perspective of how awesome it is just to be out, you know, by yourself, nobody around, and, and really, you know, they've got the whole bio to do whatever they want, you know. And I think a lot of people are kind of attracted to our content because they've never seen, like, but I'm not talking about locals. I'm talking about people, like, up north and everything. Sure. You know, they never get to experience that kind of thing. Right. We can go launch the boat. I can go launch my boat five minutes from my house and be on Taylor's Bayou and running up in the swamps and, you know, just having fun, cutting up and, you know, people just don't don't get to live that kind of lifestyle right. from from the northern areas, or you know, just people that just don't have the opportunity. It's kind of crazy as often as you know, all of us are out there, 
that we just haven't run across each other and buy for some reason. I know. We're out there. It's, definitely because you're not out there on Sundays. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Them Sundays can get wild. Yeah. Taylor's yeah. Bayou Sandbar. Right. Had some very good times out there. <laughs> just a sandbar in the middle of the bayou. Everyone yeah. will pull up and just have a good old time with some music. You'll see people with old Smokies cooking. I've seen it. Yeah. Jumping. You've been out there yeah. jumping out of the tree and – just yeah. hanging out, man. You is, can't beat it. Is the rope still out there? The last time I was out there, it was. Um, a rope swing? Yeah. There's some people, man, that, you know, you got to be careful out there on the water. And I don't stress this enough when we put out our content is safety is number one sure. priority. When being on the water or hunting or fishing and everything, we put out the fun stuff. But, you know, safety is number one. You see us doing all i wouldn't say crazy stuff but just running boats and right you know having fun but you know if you're gonna get into that thing you need to definitely do your research and do things right yeah. that's what i like to tell people because absolutely you know a lot of people watch our stuff and just try to go go hunting or whatever but there's a there's a lot of different things you need to learn before you just go out there and, and try to do it you need to educate yourself a little bit is what i try to tell people it's fine that was only like a minute we can edit all this out but all right so travis you have brought us a new uh a new person on the podcast new person jake goldman Goldman. no d no d right no d so jake you are one of the pit masters one of them yeah that I'm that's what I'm getting. There you go. Talking to that mic. Don't be afraid of it, man. Hold it for me, man. It's weird. Don't hey, man. He likes to hold it. So so Jake, you've been here for how long? Like you're new. I've never even this is the first time I've ever even seen you. I've, so I've been here from the beginning. From the beginning. A little over two years now. Yeah, we're we're we just started year three. Yeah. So what did you do before this, Jake? I was in construction, military, stuff like that. Oh, military. All kinds of stuff. Well, you thank you. You can't say military stuff like that. Yeah. Like, thank you for your service. Appreciate it. I mean, or were you like, I mean, I don't know what you did. What did you do? I was in the Army, uh, military police. Oh, nice. About five years. And then you did construction? Yeah, I had a remodeling company after that, after the military. And we stumbled into this and, you know, a real easy decision. <laughs> and and how did you uh, – so DeRay told me he – the reason he fell in love with barbecuing was because he became a dad. What was your – did you have you always liked cooking? Did you, like, know how to barbecue at the beginning? Uh, I've always liked cooking. Um, I don't know that I knew how to barbecue from the beginning. But, you know, I thought I did until we came here. Um, this, is, this is totally different from anything I've ever done at home. So, so is this your first, like – Restaurant job. I guess everybody, yeah. this is kind of all y'all's first restaurant yeah. job. Yeah. Right? No, we None of us had restaurant experience that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue had um, his trailer with David, David Thompson, Blue Daves, and he operated that for some time. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah, he operated that for some time. But other than that, man, none of the guys had restaurant experience. And y'all have fucking killed it did, did y'all go into anything about y'all being like texas monthly or any of that or y'all just talked about meat we just talked about meat. y'all just talked about all the meats <laughs> Pretty much. so everybody that is listening if you have listened to this far not only are we sitting at like the most renowned barbecue joint in southeast texas we are sitting in a top 50 texas monthly barbecue 
I don't even know what you'd say. Like joint. of the joint of the. Says it right there. Oh, okay. So we're at the Texas Monthly Top Fifty Barbecue Joints. That's the whole state of Texas. I mean, how many? Pe- I mean, first off, how many barbecue joints do you think there are in Texas? Oh, thousands, thousands, and you're on the top fifty. That's yeah. fucking solid. I mean, and this is some of the best barbecue you've ever had. You know, thank you. And I'm not just trying to, you know, jack you off because you are sitting right here. That is good. I've been munching on it. The sides are great. I've already said it. The potato salad is so fucking good. It goes potato salad, green beans, mac and cheese, beans, and. That I want that with my gumbo. Yeah. You know, we do a gumbo every Friday. Every Friday I'll do yeah. a gumbo. During the Lent season. So oh. y- you can come in and get a shrimp gumbo on Fridays. Oh, nice. Are y'all Catholic? Yeah. Or y'all, y'all just tend to the masses? We just tend to the masses. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, Jake, what is your uh, specialty meat that you work with? Uh, probably going to be the sausage and the boudin. Oh y'all! Oh yeah, I did. I mean, I shared a picture today. Y'all had boudin. I haven't. I've never had. I don't. He. I don't know if he saw it, but that was our. That was the brisket boudin that he came up with. Oh, so you're a wizard. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we go into it, so who, if you're doing the hiring, do you only hire people with great beards? Is that like a? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It just happened that way. I we have no explanation for that. I mean, the only people that don't have beards in this joint are the women. Like uh, some might. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! No, I was just like everybody. Everybody, I mean, everybody in the back has a fantastic beard. There's not a single guy that's on the pit that's not doesn't have a beard. Yeah, I Col- agree. Colton's got to get there. Yeah. What Colton? Who? Lofton. Yeah. Lofton. Oh, I, he's, I he's getting there. We're working on. Speaking of Colton, we're actually so Savoy used to work here, yeah, huh? Yeah. Baby boy yeah. Savoy, baby boy. So yeah. he actually stopped work. Like, I, I don't know what he did here. Was he cooking with yeah. y'all? Yeah, yeah he, he was he doing was, the sausage. Yeah, but I mean, he's a Colton was definitely a pit master. Hell yeah, he. Uh, and then he left and got a real job. Yeah, he works with me. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, he works at Enterprise now. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, we're talking about. Like, I haven't seen him at work because he works across the street. But I was like. Someone's like, what did you do before this? Like, pretty sure you, like, made ribs. You know? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like. Yeah, he, he did. He's it, slanging me. You know, the, the funny story about Colton is, uh, I think, I told Jake the day before, there was a certain time where I was like, we got to get Colton on the sausage. And I told Jake, I said, tomorrow I'm going to tell Colton that he's on sausage. And so I go into the pit room, and he's doing what he's doing. I said, hey, um, you're going to start learning sausage. He was like, no way. He's like, I can't do that. And uh, and I said, oh, yeah, uh, me and Jake have already decided. And uh, and so it was a united front, me and Jake versus Colton. And um, Jake trained him up, man. And he was our primo sausage. I mean, he was the, the sausage maker, primo. I mean, he was he, good at handling he, sausage. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he, dialed, he dialed it in, man. Oh, yeah. He really dialed it in. Hey, Colton, if you're listening to this, I heard you're really good at handling sausage. Especially Jake's sausage. That's it. That's good. No, he's a good kid. He, uh, say kid. I don't know how old he is, honestly. He could be 18. He could be 28. I don't know. I'm just going to call him a man because if that guy wanted to, he could do, he could manhandle me at any point. Yeah, he is a, a unit with long hair. He's like a miniature Co Wetzel. 
Like there, there's a picture with him yeah. and Cole Wetzel. Yeah, is he, there? He actually cooked for Coe when uh, Coe came down uh, to Beaumont. Oh, did he go come here and yeah. eat? Yeah. No, 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 no. We brought it to him. Yeah. Oh, nice. Where was he at? Jenkins? No, he was at Ford Park. Ford Park? Yeah. What, um, have y'all had any, like, so, I have no clue. Like, have y'all had, like, famous people come in or, you know, do y'all deal with any of that or have y'all ever uh, even acknowledged it? We had Forey Smith come in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, from uh, Yellowstone. From Yellowstone. Never seen that show still. It's a good show. I heard it's good. It's a good show. I'll probably get roasted for that one. That dude's fucking <laughs> never seen Yellowstone, pussy. You know. We had a guy tell him that when he was here. I've never seen your show. <laughs> he was like, well, okay. Thanks. <laughs> he, he's a really nice guy. I love doing that, like, to to different people I've seen, like, of a, uh, you know, a higher status. I'll be like, I'll say the wrong, like, I've seen some Red Sox players before that I'm like, like, oh, that's. He plays for the Yankees, you know. Like, <laughs> Dustin Pedroia, he walked by, like, the most famous second baseman ever for, like, the Red Sox. We were walking down this dock, like, and I was like, oh, that was the second baseman for the Yankees. I thought he was going to kick my ass, you know. And then Matthew Mitchell's little brother a while back, we were at a B&B Steakhouse in Houston. Have you heard of it? I have. Uh, like, Meat Market or whatever. Uh, well, they are having J.J. Watt's uh, retirement party there. At the same time, and they're like, like, I don't know why, but they, like, I would have never known because they had their own little private section. But the manager came out and was like, uh, oh, yeah, there's, like, famous people here. I was like, okay, well, I think I'm famous, you know, just bullshitting with them. He's like, J.J. Watt, Andre Johnson, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. And, well, Andre Johnson's walking by, and uh, Matthew says, oh, dude, there's a – uh, Calvin Johnson, like when Andre was like right by our table and like he stops and looks at us and he's like, Megatron, right? You know, like, dude, I was like, oh my God, he's about to kill Matthew. Like some people will take that serious and he looked like he took it serious. So I know Andre Johnson will never hear this, but we were the guys that called you Megatron the other day. So we got, we have our, uh, our local, uh, our local star, Jay Bruce down the road. Yeah, I've, sure I've heard shot. of him. You know that guy a little bit. Yeah, he's been on yeah. the podcast once. <laughs> he comes down quite a bit. He enjoys he enjoys the cube. The local legend, Jay Bruce. But uh, I don't I, I don't know exactly. It's a little hard to hear and hear from what Mitchell was talking. I want to know, like, is there anything, like, that y'all are wanting to promote? Is there, like, specials? Is there, like, do you do some – what do you do, Jake? I mean, you know. Well, it's basically, just kind of just plug yourself, talk about yourselves a little bit, brag about yourselves. I mean, top fifty in the state of Texas—that's pretty fucking huge. Yeah, I mean, that's been a that's been a pretty cool deal, uh, totally unexpected for us. Um, man, I don't know. We're always working on something. We're trying. You need to, to talk about that boudin, man. I mean, you're talk about right. the boudin, right. man. I mean, you're—it's almost like if something happens to Jake, we're not sure how we're going to make the boot in because I don't even know if he's written the recipe. It's just all up there in the head. So. You look like so somebody that would, you know. So what I'm hearing is pay raise in the near future. Oh, nice. So. Conveniently, <laughs> Blue's not here. So. <laughs> is he the guy that does the pay raises? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Blue, uh, you probably won't listen to this either. But if you do, I'm just going to keep everybody I talk about. I know you won't hear this shit, but if you do, Jake needs a fucking raise. 
But uh, yeah, so the, the brisket boudin was just kind of a, a happy accident, you know. We uh, we always use pork for our boudin, and I don't know, one day I was making it and realized we were out of pork, so I was like, "Well, I got plenty of brisket scraps, you know. Let's throw that in there and see what happens." Y'all seem to have plenty of brisket scraps. Plenty, plenty. <laughs> so, and you know that's what goes in our sausage too, is all the trimmings off the briskets. And so I dumped it in there, and I didn't really change much other than just the meats, and it, it turned out to be the best one so far. I think so. I, I, we're going to keep rolling with that. I'm going to have to try it. I know there's probably not none today, but in the future, no, we'll, we'll have some tomorrow. Sure. In the future, I'll have to have some. Uh, when do you make your fresh brood in? On Tuesday. Okay. We make it on Tuesday. Right. So. And then you cook it on every yeah. other. Yeah, we'll cook whatever. it after that. So. so you're a pit master, boudin master. Like, you have hidden secrets. You have no. little. Think so. A pinch of salt here, you know. <laughs> Where are you from, Jake? I'm from, well, I'm from Port Natchez. I live in Nederland, though. So, so do y'all know each other beforehand? <laughs> yeah, we're we're cousins. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> I got him the job, oh. <laughs> so I could quit my job. I I didn't want to be his boss. I wanted to figure out a way to be his boss. So here we are. Yeah, are you the little cousin, Jake? Not I mean, physically. Look at us, man. <laughs> I mean, by a couple of months, maybe. Yeah. I didn't know if by age because you're a lot bigger than him. I'm, you, you're a pretty solid guy. It's all, all right there. Then you're not that. I got, big. I got to taste all the food before we put it out. So. Yeah. That's oh, do you? Is that your job? Resident taster. You're just the rest, <laughs> dude. Can I apply for that blue? If you're listening to this, I would like to be the resident taster. I, no pay at all. There you go. No one asked him to do it, and we're not paying him to do it either. Blue, he just does it. Dude, what, so the next time we do a podcast together, we will for sure do a podcast. All we're going to do is just ask Blue questions. Yeah. There you go. Like, at, anything you want to ask him, like, just personal shit. <laughs> He'll be like, do you wear mismatching socks? We'll see if we can get him flustered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know this dude. I'm going to just fuck with him. But he's from Hampshire, so he should. I mean, or from that, he should have some thick skin. He better. Well. Oh, there's a train. So that is the all day long man. That's the enemy, uh, especially when you working trying that, to do a podcast. Yeah, doing a podcast or working the morning shift. There's no escaping it. So that's the. I hope everybody's cherishing that. That train is the same one that comes by my work every day. Yeah. So people t- people tell us all the time. I was on my way and I got caught by the train. And it completely ruins their lunch. Damn. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Yeah. I have literally, that train, that exact train right there, I despise it one. But I have been like an hour and a half late for work. Oh, yeah. And the train is oh, yeah. 100 yards from where I work, and it just stops. I'm yeah, like, what are y'all doing? We, we've yeah, seen block it. block this whole, whole thing right here, and you what, can't crawl. Yeah, what's, what's the longest we've seen it sat there? Like an hour and a half, two yeah. hours at least. And there's people just want some fucking barbecue. Yeah, and people will sit here. They won't move. They just sit there and wait. Oh, my God. That would suck. You're on that side. Mm-hmm. People come from the back way. It's like, sorry, but we're out of uh, barbecue. <laughs> Fuck. Just losing their minds. We need to find somebody willing to run underneath the train and hand food out. <clears throat> we can't endorse that, uh, Jake. Does, <laughs> or encourage that. That's your job. Yeah. Savoy, do you want another job? <laughs> he could probably just move the train. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're giving him a lot of credit. I mean, I don't know how strong he is, but I'm going to have to ask him now. I'll be like, hey, 
He must have picked up some big meat around here. <laughs> yeah, we call him the bull. Jake, what kind of hobbies do you have, man? I mean. Man, I got I got five kids. I really don't have time for hobbies. Jesus Christ. I get, so I know I get, what your I get, hobby is. I get to hunt and fish, and, and that's rare. So You hunt and fish on an yeah. occasion, and you have sex a lot in Dallas because five kids. I wasn't there for any of it, but yeah. Oh, cool. That's good. <laughs> You're a good dad. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> you're, you're a damn good dad. You you weren't there for the conception, but you're there for the delivery. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Chloe, if you're listening, sorry. <laughs> really sorry. Is there anybody else we need? A, Chloe, if you do hear this. Yeah. yeah don't, don't listen. <laughs> she won't. She, uh, she no, probably has no clue what a Bayou no, Dragon is. If you've seen his kids, they're... It's unmistakable that they're all his. They all have beards? Yes. I'm working on it. <laughs> Even the girl. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Five-year-old girl just with a fucking beard. It's like, got it from my daddy. <laughs> so, the boot in, man. But, uh, shit, Jake. I'm just trying to think of, uh, I, it's, it's always hard jumping in and out of, like, the podcast. Well, Is he's a, he's a big National Forest guy. National Forest. When it, when it comes to hunting. Yeah. So you hunt public, National Forest, yeah. whitetail, I'm guessing? Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, National Forest is hard, man. It, it's a lot of – it's a hard hunt. Yes. A lot of walking, a lot of – got to track. you got to know where they're laying down. you gotta, you got to find them. Yeah. And I, I think I've been, I've been hunting it about seven years now. I've killed two deer. Yeah, he says that, but he also comes back with stories of how he's pets deer yeah. in the National I've Forest. I've had him walk up, and I just – and Sabine, yeah. I'm guessing. Sabine, yeah. yeah. And that goes all the way to freaking. Yeah, it, it's a lot. Like to Hemp Hill? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly? I only hunt, I hunt the south end, right by the dam. So but I don't go yeah. any far. There's too much driving. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, a, I mean, a lot of. Po- so for anybody listening that, you know, is interested or maybe be interested, it is strict or strictly pine tree mm-hmm. forest oh, yeah. for. I don't. How many miles do you think Sabine National Wildlife Refuge is? Oh, it, or, it's every bit of a 30, 40 mile run up eighty seven. Yeah, left and right side. Forever. I, I like, think just a little section that I hunt is probably ten thousand acres, something like that. Because like even where I'm at in Hemp Hill, like where my camp is, I can drive the boat like two hundred yards across the bay or uh-huh. across the ways, and you're in the you're in the forest. You're yeah. in the forest. Yeah. Like and there's guys that hunt up there where I uh, that stay with us and they've shot deer and stuff and I'm like how does anyone get there like they can't like unless you just walk from the main road which the main road where we're at would be like eleven or twelve miles through mm-hmm. thick ass shit yeah like it's easier to go by boat yep so yeah, if you got a boat it's definitely the way to go yeah do you have a boat no do you need to borrow a boat I do. Well, you have to drive to Hemp Hill, but I'll let you well, I know somebody's got a boat, but I still haven't rode in it. So. Yeah, what, uh, what's up with this? Well, he's <laughs> he's kind of timid to get back in the boat with me um, after, the, after the last Taylor's Bio incident. What happened? Okay, let's hear this. Let's. I want. This is the kind of stories I need. I need this meat. He wasn't happy with the boot in and threw me out. <laughs> oh, damn. Get it right, man. <laughs> yeah, get that I fucking boot I got it fixed now. So. Yeah, it only took you once. <laughs> yeah. It's actually... We haven't talked about this together publicly, so I, if he does, it's because he's over. He's not mad at me anymore. <laughs> well, 
Are you still mad at him? Are we going to talk I'm about not, this? I'm not mad. I mean, what happened? I, I got mean, a new pair of glasses. I got a new hat. So You threw them out. I told you I'd buy it. <laughs> You're just leaving me and the viewers hungry for this. What happened? Oh, man. I'm, uh, I'm sure there was nothing illicit. No. Illicit? I'm not, I'm not English. We were, we were just cruising along by you, man. I don't know. I just, the last thing I saw was my feet. We made a turn. He was, you know, it was it's, it was not advisable in what we were doing, or what Jake was doing rather. I made a proper turn. He was on the wrong side of the boat, sitting in a position that you shouldn't have, in a lawn chair on the front. Oh, and with no duct tape on the ground either. No duct tape. Exactly. We're probably cruising at 35, 40. Hmm. And safe. Uh, yeah, he hit the water. Feet yeah. first, or face first. face first. He don't know. I don't know. I don't know what hit first, man. <laughs> You're alive. I'm alive. You're well. Yeah. I'm and good. you won't fuck that boudin up again. Nope. nope. Never. <laughs> dude, oh, dude, Taylor's Bayou will get the best of you. I remember one time. So, we'd always uh, do a lot of hydrosliding or uh, wakeboarding or whatever down Taylor's Bayou. Well, like. Not really safe, but, like, we don't have multiple boats. So, like, like I would take, like, my bass boat way ahead and start doing donuts and donuts and donuts, like getting big-ass waves, you know. And uh, Tanner's Tanner's now brother-in-law, one of the, guy, the other guy that helps us run this. His brother-in-law is driving, like, in a bay boat and, like, isn't paying attention and smacks one of those waves. And straight up, his face hits that front bar. No doubt. Bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm talking. Wow. And this. You could almost knocked him out because the boat went like towards the bank. I was oh, like, man. I was like, what happened? Like, you know, we went back there, tooth broken half. Oh man! All this shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn. So Shit's where were y'all? What part right, of the bow? Right. Well, right where he broke his tooth in half was, um, you know where Taylor's Landing is. Right. Like, right when you get going back towards like Finette on that that corner. Yeah. I was on the other side doing donuts. He came hauling ass around the edge, smacked it, face went into the bar. It's still not re- really wide right there. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's very dangerous. Yeah. And I always uh, dislike the old man that's sitting out there yelling at people to slow down by their docks and all that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I respect it. But, like, I'll be driving, like, like three or four, and he's like, slow down. I'm like, oh. I'm like, fuck you, old man. Like, <laughs> That, uh, but anyway, the, or do you stay on that? Do you stay on the uh, the other side of Taylor's? Are you on? Or no, I guess that's Hildebrand. No, I'm I'm, most, I'm mostly south Taylor's, so right at the 73 bridge. That's where I put in because I live in Groves. Yeah. So it just makes sense for me to put in right there. And then you head back towards. Yeah, I'm I'm on both both sides. I've got little spots that I fish on both sides. Well, I know where some good crabbing is right there on that. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. We've got a few weeks. Yeah. We'll be ready to go. Oh, yeah. There's some really good crabbing over there. And gar fishing, if you're into that. Have yeah. y'all ever, you all ever served anything random as shit here? Like, or y'all have always just done barbecue? I mean, have y'all just been like, oh, we got this? The, the most random thing that we've done so far is the gumbo. Yeah. Um, we've had a really good response. But I would say um, expanding on the menu and doing something kind of crazy out of the ordinary is usually reserved for festivals yeah when we go to different festivals which we're 
we're going to Troubadour again here in a few weeks. And uh, tell about that, like, yeah, it, it's going to be a blast. It's in College Station. Uh, Midland is headlining, so I mean, it, obviously, it's going to be. Yeah, they got they got a few good ones playing. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll announce that. Anything that we participate in or that's coming up. Um, we'll usually put that on our Facebook and Instagram. That way, you know, people can be sure and buy tickets. Houston Barbecue Festival is coming up um, in a few weeks. We've got Red Dirt, which is coming up. Where's uh, that up? It's in Tyler on Tyler. the square, which that is a blast. I mean, Tyler is just a cool city, and um, the venue is just, you know, obviously it's a perfect square near about because it's on the square. So it's real tight. Um, you can get to everything. It's very accessible. They have multiple vendors and shit there? Or? They do. Oh, yeah. yeah, usually what it is when you go to these uh, barbecue festivals is you're offering a tasting. So just just one bite, maybe maximum two bites, and you go from place to place, and, you know, yeah. you just fill up on barbecue, and um, you got oh. good country, you know, red dirt, Texas country music at the end of the night. Hell, yeah. It's a blast. We're actually going to uh, the Devil's Backbone Tavern. Uh, this weekend yeah. for a boudin gumbo cook-off. In, where's yeah. that at? It's in Fisher, Fisher. Texas. Just Fisher, outside Texas. of Wimberley. Wimberley, that's my favorite place in Texas. Oh, Hands yeah. down, like, oh, yeah. to me, most beautiful country, Wimberley, Texas. Yep. Fisher's right outside of Wimberley, and you said the Devil's Backbone? De- yeah. Devil's Backbone Tavern. Okay. We're good. We can go ahead and we'll continue. Mike. Yeah, Jake. Mike. Say it with your chest, Jake. All right, um... The Devil's Backbone in right, Fisher, Texas. Yeah. You said that one's a pretty live one, Boudin and Gumbo? Uh, this, I think this is the first one. Uh, yeah. they're, they're talking about doing it annually. This will be the first one. Uh, it's going to be Bill Dumas from Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue. Uh, they're up in Pflugerville. Uh, Bill Dumas is a sausage sensei on Instagram if you ever want to look him up. Sausage sensei. He, he's the man. Is that his tag name? Yeah. It is. It is. Oh, the sausage yeah. insane. That's fucking great. He is, is awesome. He is insane. <laughs> he knows how to make some sausage. Oh, yeah. He, he oh, makes. Yeah. If you can think of it, he can put it in a casing and, yeah. and smoke it. it, it, it yeah. It's it, good. Yeah. Copenhagen sausage? Maybe. Don't put it past him. Maybe. <laughs> the sausage sensei. That's the greatest name I've. <laughs> like, I want that tattooed on me. <laughs> he probably <laughs> does. Yeah. There's no. Uh, dude, if he has a Jeep, it says sausage sensei on there. Yeah, probably. Like, oh, God. Anyway, so you have Devil. Uh, what's another one? Red Dirt is coming up. Well, in order, I should say Houston Barbecue is coming up. And then Red Dirt and Tyler. And then um, Troubadour. Troubadour, which is in College Station. College Station. And then, uh, so get this, second year in a row, um, we're thankful, obviously, um, no complaint, no gripe, to be invited to uh, Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival. You only get invited if you're a top 50, from what I understand. So we're very thankful. Second weekend, or second year in a row, it's it's on November the 4th. That's opening weekend. Opening weekend of deer season. Yeah. And duck season. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's pretty bogus, um, especially if you're if you're really into, and I, I guarantee majority of the people that are in this barbecue cook-off for the Texas is like, yeah, God dang it, oh yeah, I should be up in Junction right now, shooting <laughs> some God dang whitetail. And so. Yeah, I know. I I'll be uh, 
I, sorry, I won't be at your cook-off. Right. But I will be, uh, I'll think of y'all whenever I'm, you know, November 4th. I'll probably be up north by then. I'll already be hunting up north. Yeah. I don't like hunting down here that much. There's still November 4th. There's mosquitoes. It's right. warm. Yep. Yep. I'd rather head up to Canada, yep. Kansas, yep. somewhere like that. But uh, have y'all won one of those? Like, have y'all, like, is it actual competition or is it kind of just like a get-together? It's more of a tasting. Like, everything's pretty much a tasting. Uh, this the uh, the devil's backbone thing is going to be it, it's a cook off for the boudin, but it's more of a people's choice type of deal. You know, it's not, not you, a major thing. Are you going to win it? I hope so. <laughs> after all this work, <laughs> yeah. After this podcast, yeah, dude, I will. I, I would like to know. So I would like to start whenever y'all have something like that. Let me know. Like we'll like. If there's, like, a fl- f- photo of, like, the, the flyer, like, the dates and all that shit, I'll start sharing it and all that stuff. Be like, yep. y'all need to go out here and check out 1701. Yeah. These are the dudes. They got that sausage, that poo <laughs> Every Everything that we do is going to be on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah. People- what, which is 1701 Barbecue, right? That's Just, it. Mm-hmm. That's it. 1701 Barbecue. If you know how to write or read or type 1701 Barbecue on all social media platforms, they are uh, – I'm just telling you, this shit has been so good. I'm, we're going to definitely finish this. It's a little bit harder to, you know, talk and eat. Yeah. And dip snuff, but that chicken is for sure solid. The ribs. I so appreciate good. that. God, it's so good. But, uh, and so the, you and there's another guy that's not here. Sadly, he is under the weather. Old Blue. He is the other co-owner of So this. Blue owns it. Bl- yeah. Blue owns it. Yeah, okay. Blue owns it. Blue's the the dude, the head mm-hmm. dude. Absolutely. And Blue, if you are watching this, we uh, did miss you today. We'll have you on, you know, soon. Hopefully, we're always needing guests, so we can ask him some uh, questions that we didn't ask y'all. More fucked up questions, you know. There you go. But uh, and how did you? We didn't talk about it. how did you meet Blue? Like, how did I meet him? Yeah. Well, so I. I did Derek's wedding in 2020, mm-hmm. and then I saw Derek post something on Facebook about 1701 at this beautiful dark brisket, and Jake and I, um, we were working construction together. I was, um, I was his foreman, I guess you could say, and but we had already begin begun to talk about wanting to do something related to food, and we had done a couple cooks. Um, mm-hmm. We did one for Groves PD. And I can't remember what else. And so anyway, I see the I see Derek post, and I'm like, man, what is, what is 1701? This looks you know this looks awesome. And so Derek said, hey, you need to get in contact with Blue. I think you guys would hit it off. So I, I came up and talked to Blue. Uh, you know, he pretty much long story short offered me a job. We shook hands. So I come back. You know, I talked to Jake, and I said, hey, look, man. I know we were talking about doing something on our own, but this is going to be a great opportunity for us to learn the ropes, you know, with no capital of our own involved. Yeah. Um, so we, so I convinced Jake to come talk to Blue the following day um, because Blue was, he, he needed to fill another spot for Pitmaster. So same conversation, basically, same handshake, and Jake's on. So now he's got his team, his original team, pretty much set that he needs to launch the restaurant which we never really talked about that, but I, 
you know, we, we, you know, we're the kind of guys that just trust that everything's going to fall into place. And I, I'm confident that he felt, you know, incredibly relieved just to know that, you know, he had some guys that were genuinely interested to be a part of something, you know, that he had, you know, envisioned for so long, worked so hard to bring about. So, um, so in the beginning, um, Jake was still running the construction company. And um, the worst part about that was we were kind of alternating days or, or maybe he would work here for two days. I would, you know, manage the site. And then I would work, you know, in every day that either him or I wasn't here, we're calling in each other. Did y'all sell out? How's it going? You know, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, Jake is so descriptive. Did y'all sell out? Oh, yeah. And I'm like. Tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> how was it? Was how it, was it? Was everybody excited? Was Did it a good crowd, food? or was it three people yeah. that came in and bought everything? Like, yeah. dude, there was a line. We sold all the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, eventually over time, you know, uh, Jake made the decision, you know, to begin to slowly fade out and shut down the construction company so that, you know, we could both be up here full time. And, you know, that's the, really the summary story of, of how and when and why you know that we're here today that's really cool that blue like started this and y'all all started right when it started like he mm-hmm. trusted y'all like never didn't really know y'all at all no, i was no. like i'm gonna put faith in y'all i mean yeah y'all look like trusting guys y'all have big beards you know <laughs> like that's all it takes man that's all it takes that's if i was gonna hire somebody be like do you have a beard nope all right i don't trust you <laughs> Yeah, it's a crazy story how it all came together, man. Does Blue have a beard? Yeah, he has. He has an impressive mustache. Yeah, he's he's impressive. his mustache has been dubbed the best in Texas barbecue. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that like a a, a literal or is that just like uh, I, I want to know if that's on paper? It's ex, it's extremely literal. Oh my I, god! I, I think it's been <laughs> I think it's been written about in yeah. in publications and articles. Holy shit! I'm gonna have to find this if we remembered which it's hard to uh, remember stuff. But uh, if we remember, I'll try to find a photo of this of Blue's mustache and slowly like bring it into the screen as we're talking <laughs> about it. I don't know how I haven't seen this dude. Cause I, You've seen is, him. Well, I, I, I probably have seen him. His, his kids are like at Hampshire, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure my wife like coaches his kids. He has an, a daughter in high school, I believe. I'm not sure. Um, and then... Little Blue, he is just starting. So, oh, just starting? Yeah, just starting. So how old is Blue? I mean, I guess pretty... 38. Okay. And how old are you, Travis? 30, 39. 39? Jake? 38. 38. So you are all old as dirt. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I just turned 21. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everybody at work's always like, how old are you? I've been out there for like over 10 years, and I'm always, yeah. I always say I'm 22. And they're like, Damn. And I'm like, y'all are dumb. Like, I have known y'all forever. But, no, that's cool, man. Y'all definitely have a freaking badass thing going on here. I love the whole setup. Y'all jam good music. Y'all have a good crew working with y'all. Y'all definitely have perfected the the craftsmanship of cooking meat, for sure, and the sides. The potato salad, I have to go ahead and reiterate on that. That is fantastic potato salad. Who makes that? I don't know who made that today. Um, we have a couple chefs in the kitchen. Uh, Jared is our kitchen manager. Anthony 
which is he's an interesting story. He came all the way from Salt Lake City and saw our Instagram, saw what we were doing, liked it. Um, popped up one day in the um, in the parking lot, um, had a conversation, and um, man, he's been he's been an asset ever since. But anyway, I'm long story short, I don't know who cooked it today, but they kind of oversee you know and make sure that it's it's done yeah. right from day to day. That shit is legit. I'm hoping everybody that does listen to this does try 1701. I'm, most of our listeners, we do have a big Southeast Texas following, so most of them do have had 1701. So y'all are a pretty known deal. I'm probably like the only one that hasn't been here, and this is my first time, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate that. Fantastic. But, yeah, is there anything else y'all want to plug? Is there, you know... Uh, yeah, you guys keep up with us on social media. That way you'll know what's going on. We try to post as much content that's, uh, you know, in between educational, entertaining, and informative. Um, obviously, we've got some things that, you know, we would love to sell you guys, um, you know, leading off with our barbecue sauce. But we also have some merch, you know, that just kind of helps us and represents us in the community so that other people, you know, we've been here for three years. And, um you know, we're, we're very used to this place, but some people still don't even know that we exist in our own community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, if you like what we're doing, you know, buy our stuff, buy a hat. Uh, that way, you know, it gives us an opportunity to, uh, to have other people, you know, learn about us. Yeah, dude. Real quick, well, 1701, like what, why 1701? What's our you? address? Oh, is it really? It's our you address. So you can't get lost. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did not know yeah, that. You were you were sitting at seventeen oh one Calder Avenue. Oh. That that makes sense. I thought it was so. like a specific date. Like I was like, <laughs> this is when the right. boo band was invented. Like you know like seventeen oh one, I was like, damn, like yeah. what is it? That so that makes it really easy. So, so go to seventeen oh one just type in seventeen oh one barbecue. I mean it'll literally take you to seventeen oh one Calder Avenue. I did not know that was y'all's address. That's it, man. We're incredibly creative when it comes to Oh things. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But y'all have some dope ass shit. The koozies are legit. Yeah. The hats are nice. You can buy the barbecue sauce here. I mean, you can buy beer while you're sitting here eating some good freaking barbecue, man. Y'all are killing it for sure. And Appreciate I'm glad that. I finally got to have you on, Travis. Jake has been a pleasure. I'm, I'm going to be yeah, seeing y'all a lot more, I'm sure, especially because I'm going to start coming in here. Thanks, man. I'm going to start becoming <laughs> one of those regulars. Be like, oh, God, he's back. And he's, <laughs> he's literally just wanting a tub of the potato salad. <laughs> we can sell it, man. We can sell it by the pan. But, man, I do appreciate it, Travis, Jake, yep. Dre. Glad he was on. Um, we're going to do this again. We're going to have Blue on. And uh, we'll just next time we'll just be more just bullshit and just – storytelling if you got anything funny to say but i'm glad we got to hit you know how'd y'all start your process of the meet mitch did a good job on that and you know just going from here absolutely man we appreciate it and thank y'all very much see you guys